Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Hello and welcome to It's a Fandom Thing. I'm your host, Erin Marlowe, and each week I'm joined by a panel of guests to discuss all things fandom and pop culture, primarily from a female perspective. You'll find everything from fanfic, to cosplay, to Schitt's Creek, to Supernatural, and everything in between. So put on your favorite piece of fandom merch, set aside that fanfic that you're writing about your OTP, and sit back and enjoy this week's episode. Hello, just wanted to add a quick trigger warning for this episode because I forgot to give them when we started recording. But we do mention um, hospitalization and feeling suicidal. Um, So trigger warnings for that and depression as well. So trigger warnings for that. But I hope you enjoy this episode. Thanks for listening. Hello and welcome to It's a Fandom Thing and the kickoff of my birthday month, your host, Aaron Marlowe. Yes, this is the kickoff. We're only doing three episodes, just the same like we did last year. Um, because if you do not know, I just came back from Ireland. So that's why it's only three, because we had a week of no episodes. So once again, I apologize if I'm at all scatterbrained during this recording, but I will try my best. But I'm excited because we are kicking it off with talking about the band Violent Femmes. And I will get into, of course, what this band, why this band was something I chose for us to talk about, um, how I first discovered it. And so will Danelle as well. Danelle is with me for this one. And Danelle will be with me next week as well as we continue my birthday month with a look at the band New Order. And that's there's a totally different reason why that band means a lot to me. So all of these bands that I've talked about during my birthday months, like last year when we talked about Depeche Mode, which that is still one of my absolute all-time favorite episodes we have ever done. So please go back and listen to that. But I like to talk about bands during this month that mean something personally to me on a very deep level. And both the Violent Femmes and uh, New Order mean a lot to me for very different reasons. So we will be getting into that here in just a minute. But first, I do want to give you a little bit of a brief bio of of the band. Uh, And this is all pretty much from Wikipedia. So, you know, Wikipedia, I know sometimes can be messed with and manipulated, but I think a lot of this is pretty accurate. But just to let you know, that's where I'm getting this from. But Violent Femmes are an American folk punk band from Milwaukee, Wisconsin. The band consists of founding members Gordon Gano, which I want to say something really quickly about Gordon's last name. So for years and years and years, and you can yell at me and say I'm not a true fan or whatever, I always thought it was Gano. <laughs> and then I finally was corrected on that. It's just like last year when we were doing Fetch Mode and I'm like, no one ever says 
<laughs> Dave's last Dave gone. It's gone. Like go away. But a lot of people still say the gahan, but it's gone. But so you can yell at me that I've been mispronouncing this, but anyway. Um, and Gordon is on guitar and lead vocals. Uh, Brian Ritchie, who is bass and backing vocals. Uh, they've also been joined by multi-instrumentalist um, Blaze Garza, who joined in 2004, and drummer John Sparrow joined in 2005. Former members of the band include dr- drummer Victor DeLorenzo, from 1980 to 1993, and then he rejoined 2002 to 2013. Guy Hoffman, who was there from 1993 to 2002, and Brian Vigilone from 2013 to 2016. The Violent Femmes are considered to be an integral part of the then underground folk, punk, and alternative rock scenes of the 1980s and remain influential or inspirational to the subsequent movements, particularly on folk rock, indie rock, grunge, pop punk, emo, and the late 1980s and 1990s alternative rock scene. They have released 10 studio albums and 19 singles during the course of their career. The band found critical acclaim with the release of their self-titled debut album in early 1983, featuring many of their best-known songs, including Blister in the Sun, Kiss Off, Add It Up, and Gone Daddy Gone. Violent Femmes became the band's biggest-selling album and was eventually certified platinum by RIAA. After releasing two more albums, Hallowed Ground and The Blind, Blind Leading the Naked, the band's future was uncertain and they split up in 1987 when Gano and Richie went solo. However, they regrouped a year later, releasing their fourth album, Three. The follow-up album, Why Do Birds Sing, contains the fan favorite and concert staple American music. I'm not going to go into everything on here because there's a lot of stuff I do. I do think people should look up this stuff because there have been a lot of turbulent times throughout this band. This band has broken up, gotten back together, broken up, gotten back together. Um, There was a lot of controversy and a lot of fans of this band stopped being fans after their first album, their debut album. And why was that? Because Gordon Gano is very much a Christian and their music, especially you can hear it in in, um, Hollowed Ground, their music became influenced by that a lot. And so a lot of fans of this band I want to acknowledge this because I know a lot of people know about this that are fans. A lot of fans stopped being fans of this band. And I remember when that all kind of was happening. I remember being in high school and it was kind of after that because Hollow Ground came out when I was, I wasn't in high school at all. But a lot of people said, oh yeah, I liked, I liked the Femmes and then they became Christian. And I will share a story about seeing him in concert and some stuff that Gordon has said. And so I totally want to acknowledge that because I totally understand why that was a turnoff with this band. I get it. I still remained a fan. I still love a lot of their music after their their self-titled debut album. But I know that was something that was very hard for fans of them to get used to, honestly. And I think that it's more overt in some albums like Hollowed Ground, even though there are some songs off of there that are some of my favorites than it is in some of their other albums, but it'll still come through in some of their songs. There will be lines in there that will be about Christianity and being a Christian. 
So I know that heavily influences a lot of Gordon's writing. So I'm just am acknowledging that because I know it'd be kind of weird not to acknowledge that. Um, and I know there's hallowed ground also saw a change a little bit where they were more country, although I still think it's kind of folk sounding, but yeah. So just wanted to mention that too. Um, I did want to also say in 2007, if you didn't know this, uh, and I didn't know this, <laughs> uh, Gano angered Richie by selling advertising rights for the classic Blister in the Sun to Wendy's. And I don't know if you remember this, Danelle, when you, when I, it's, it's one of those things I, you know, like hearing just can't get enough in, in a commercial was horrible. Hearing those songs that you grew up with in commercials, it really, I don't know. I don't like it. <laughs> I never have. It's so weird. It's, <laughs> it's very weird. And Richie did not like this at all, at all. And a lot of people that were fans of the band did not like this at all either. And so he ended up suing him. But <laughs> oh my gosh. No, I thought I didn't know. All right. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> and then he also responded. I want to read this. Um, Richie responded to the use of the song in the commercial by saying, for the fans who rightfully are complaining about the Wendy's burger advertisement featuring blister in the sun, Gordon Gano is the publisher of the song and Warner's is the record company. When they agree to use it, there's nothing the rest of the band can do about it because we don't own the song or the recording. That's showbiz. Therefore, when you see dubious or in this case, disgusting uses of our music, you can thank the greed, insensitivity, and poor taste of Gordon Gano. It is his karma that he lost his songwriting ability many years ago. <laughs> Holy crap. Oh my. Wow. Probably due to his own lack of self-respect as his willingness to prostitute our songs demonstrates. Wow. Tell us how you really feel there, Brian. <laughs> Neither Gordon nor me eat garbage like Wendy's burgers. I'm sorry. <laughs> me i'm sorry i read this earlier but it's that is kind of hysterical up. just doing the band's music yeah. that's hysterical i i can't endorse them because i disagree with corporate food on colon culinary political health economic and environmental grounds however i see my life's work trivialized at the hands of my business partner over and over again. Although I have raised my objections numerous times, as disgusted as you are, I am more so. So, <laughs> so yes, I do not think Brian Ritchie was at all very happy about this. So Ritchie filed a lawsuit in August of 2007, seeking half ownership of Violent Femmes Music and access to royalty accounting. Many speculated this would lead to the band's breakup. However, on June 17, 2008, the band released a cover of Crazy by Niles Barkley, who had previously covered Gone Daddy Gone. The band disbanded in 2009 as a result of the lawsuit, but they had a reunion in 2013. Yeah, they're so... <laughs> I just... <laughs> I just thought that whole quote is... The most amazing thing in the world. And and the fact that they must have I, – I really I, – I should have tried to find more information about if, how they reconciled because they just – they, you know, Brian, Richie, you know, they just – the band disbanded 2019. 
but he's still in the band now. He he came back in 2013. He's still there to the present. You know, they're touring right now, celebrating the, oh my God, the 40-year anniversary of, of their self-titled debut. So, I mean, so they obviously made up, but that whole quote, I, I want that framed. And I want to put it up because it's amazing. Be a fly on the wall of that conversation when they discuss that. Oh, my God. Because that quote is absolutely incredible. I I just I love it. It's incredible, especially the <laughs> the um. It is his karma that he lost his songwriting ability many years Oof. ago. Oh my! Ouch. Wow. Yeah, that's brutal. <laughs> he was like that. Would no whole bar, no holds barred on that one. Dang. Yeah, it is kind of amazing. Like, how did that happen after that? I know, because, well, I mean, it didn't happen for, but still, only four years. So that's pretty, it's not that long of a time. And especially after that, I mean, I agree. I have to say, I agree completely with Richie on this. I'm I'm, I'm totally on his side on this and what he said in, in this quote. I think that's, I think I agree with every word there. Um, So... I have to say, but I think it is, it is such a, um, it's just like no, no holding back. Not at all. You know, just going to be completely honest and upfront. So yeah. Um, so there are lots of things to, um, look at on, uh, there, I, I don't want to go over the whole discography. I just wanted to give a brief thing about that. I did want to say though, I did want to go over a little bit um, there about their founding because they were founded by Brian Ritchie, <laughs> by bassist Brian Ritchie and percussionist Victor DeLorenzo in 1981. And then they were joined shortly, shortly thereafter by lead vocalist and guitarist Gordon Gano. And according to Ritchie, he came up with the name of the group as a fake band name when one of his bandmates questions, questioned his assertion that his brother was also in a band. He and De-, De Lorenzo liked the name, so they used it for the rhythm duo in which they played prior to Gano joining the group. In its early days, the band frequently played coffee houses and street corners. They were discovered by James Honeyman Scott of the Pretenders on August 23, 1981, when the band was busking, excuse me, busking on a street corner, which is street performing, you know, uh, in front of the Oriental Theater, the Milwaukee venue, that the Pretenders would be playing later that night. Chrissy Hind invited them to play a brief acoustic set after the opening act. So that was how they really, they probably, who knows what would have happened, but just wanted to make sure to share that little bit of trivia as well. Cause I just think that's interesting. Yeah, that's a piece of trivia. I mean, what a, what a amazing, you know, thing to have happen to a band. You're one of, you know, very famous, one of the best singers and, you know, singers in rock, right? Chrissy Hyde, oh, come sing and, Wow, that's pretty cool. That's a cool story. Yeah, really cool. Yeah, really cool. So I want to know, though, Danelle, because I have no idea. I don't know at all anything. I, I don't know many of your thoughts on this band, except for I know you like them because I don't think you'd be here if you didn't. But when did you first discover Violent Femmes? I discovered the Femmes, I think, when I was probably around 18, 19. So it was kind of the perfect age to discover that their first album, you know, because it's so full of angst and <laughs> it's just teenage drama. Um, and it was perfect. 
it was perfect. It, it said everything I, I was feeling at the time, um, being young and, and full of it and <laughs> just going through all the crazy things you go through at that age. And yeah, I fell in love with it. The first time I heard Blister in the Sun, added up all of those great songs. Um, and then I, I quickly discovered their first album and then I fell in love with the, I believe it's a live album added up where it's a compilation that's got all kinds of cool stuff on it. So that was one of my favorite albums for the longest time. Cause it had like a lot of their great stuff from later albums as well. Mm-hmm. So well, that's how I discovered them. And they've just been on my, my list for a long time. All this time I've seen them in concert, maybe three, I think three or four times over the years had some fun experiences. Um, yeah, we'll get into that. So I have a fun story to share about that. Uh, something that happened at the Ogden many, many moons ago. <laughs> I was probably at that concert. So. <laughs> probably. <laughs> like I said, I've, I've, there was a time when any time they were here, I was, I, I saw them. So, well, I uh, discovered, I was introduced to Violent Femmes when um, in a very, 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 very horrible time in my life. I've talked about openly about it on here when I, you know, in the nineties and the eighties and stuff, um, you know, teenagers were hospitalized a lot in psychiatric facilities. And when I was 14, I was almost 15. I was hospitalized against my will. And I met someone there named Chris, who was the very first boy I ever fell in love with total, you know, total goth. That was my type. And uh, he was older than me, like a few years older than me. Anyway, but he introduced me to Violent Femmes because I think I I was already listening to the Pixies and I'm sure I was listening to Jane's Addiction um, and stuff. And he's like, you should listen to this band and you should listen to this album. And so he gave me, he gifted me, and, you know, in my mind, I'm like, this means he loves me too, (laughs) which (laughs) was not (laughs) true. He was not a healthy person, okay? He was not a good person. But he did gift me with, um, he had a tape, their tape of their their first first album. Yes, a tape. Not a CD, a tape, okay? And he gave that to me. And for the longest time, I... I I even got got it on I I got their debut album on CD as well and everything but I would not get rid of that tape because that tape had such this visceral memory for me and it meant a lot to me in a way because discovering them and that that album for me at that time in my life when I was kind of holding on by a thread and I had had like my trust broken by a therapist and so it meant so this album was like kind of like a um i don't know like a soundtrack to what i was going through at that time and i had a very very hard time um and luckily i i had the i had the mom that i did who got me out of that system and found a school that saved my life but I think this, their album and their music saved me, but especially that album, um, which we'll be talking about here in just a second. Uh, so they were like 
representative of the time when I went from when I when my whole life changed. My whole life was shaped by that moment. And so they very much represent that time in my life. And even though that person was a very unhealthy person, that Chris, uh, and that's why for a long time I didn't like Chris's. <laughs> because of him. Yes. He also introduced me to Muddy's, the amazing coffee shop that no longer exists. Oh, yes. Yes. I used to go there all the time. But so that's how I discovered them. Uh, we are going to get into concerts a little bit later. But as I've said, I have seen this band, I don't even know how many times, oh, over 10 times at least in concerts. So, so yeah, so they meant a lot to me for many, many, many years. I will say I didn't, I stopped listening to them as much when I got older. And I you know, I and and I'll I'll save some of that for when we're talking about the concerts because I'll talk about the last time I saw them live. But yeah, which wasn't that long ago, actually. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo Concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. But I do want to get to their debut self-titled album because I kind of feel like if we're going to talk about the femmes, you can't you kind of have to single this out because I think, like I said, a lot of people stopped being fans of theirs after this album. Although my second favorite one of theirs, I think, is one of the best albums ever. And this is my favorite is their debut album. But I did want to single it out and talk about it. And so... Danelle, what are your overall thoughts on the album? Yeah, so we have a lot of uh, similar history, and I know we've kind of talked about that over over the times. I forgot to mention who introduced me to the phones, but I did do have that lovely messed up boy um, that I was wildly into at the time, who shall rename nameless. I just call him ex-psycho from hell. But yes, uh, introduced me to the Femmes around that time. And I think my cousin, I had a younger cousin who was into them as well. So it was kind of like I got double introduced, if you will, around that time. So even though the ex-psycho was crazy and, well, I shouldn't say crazy, but just had a lot of issues, a lot of things going on with him. He did introduce me to some great music. So there is that. (laughs) Um, But the debut album, it's probably, it would be in the top 10 albums that influenced me the most, I think. You know, like if I had to make a list, it would definitely be on there. There's just, all the the negativity, the pain, the suffering, the angst, the, all of that, that I was feeling at that time, you know, Gordon sang it beautifully. And, and 
you know, the music, everything fit with it. So even the story of them recording their first album, I mean, where he gets locked in the house by his parents, you know, because he was only like 17 or something when they recorded their first album, I think, or 18. He was really young. Mm -hmm. But yeah, like he got locked into his house and couldn't get out for a while. So he had to call the studio you know, and growing up with strict parents and, and I love my parents, I'm putting that out there, but they were strict, you know, and, and just kind of feeling that, you know, the same way. I just, yeah, it really struck a nerve with me. Added Up was a big one for me, um, especially when I was really dealing with the suicidal thoughts and depression. So that's always been a, a big song for me. And it is, as I've gotten older, it's not an album that I go to back to quite frequently. Um, I still enjoy listening to it, but it does, it's one of those things that just, you know, I'm not that same person anymore, thank goodness. So, but it can take me back there. Yeah. Music has that power. Yeah. For sure. Yeah, it does. And I should have given, I'm going to have to add in a thing at the beginning because I was talking about stuff that could be, you know, psychiatric facilities. I mean, I have to add trigger warnings in the beginning. I can't believe I didn't even think of that. But uh, yeah, I think this is one of the best albums, period, ever. Uh, it's still, I still know every word to every song on the album. Um, and the ones that were later released, like, you know, um, Gimme the Car and Ugly, that were later on there, uh, and all those two. And it, and even though I will say, I am so sick of the song Blister in the Sun, and I have been for years. Just because overplayed, not just because of the Wendy's thing, no. <laughs> no, but I'm just, I, you know. And I was never a big fan of the song Good Feeling. But overall, the the album to me, it holds up very well, and it is the perfect angst teen album especially if you had a hard time growing up as a teenager if your teen years were which they're hard they're difficult but if they were extremely difficult for you and you felt like an outsider at all or you had any any issues with mental health issues or anything like that it was um i think extra impactful but anyway so I think for a lot of people that I knew and that I was friends with growing up and a lot of people that felt very uh, ostracized and stuff, this album was very important to them. A lot of these songs, you know, and they still are those songs of, you know, singing added up and singing kiss off. I want to say singing kiss off too. Especially when you get to the part of, you know, I take one, 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 because you left me and, you know, that, that whole thing. Uh, it's got this power to it where it's like, it's a healthy way to get out all of that anger and sorrow and depression and helplessness in a very healthy way. And I think that's what this, this album does. I don't know if necessarily all their other music does it in the same way, in my opinion, but I think this album really does. It's the, it's a, it's like almost essential for that. It's like 
a teen angst anthem, especially for that time period. But I think it holds up. I think it still is relevant today for any teenager, you know? So I think it's, a, a even though there are some songs on it that I don't like as much as the others or I'm sick of, I think it's basically a perfect album and it's one of the best albums ever created. And it still holds a very deep, special place in my heart. And it is very much a part of who I am is that this album is a part of my makeup and my genetics and my soul, honestly. So, and I know this question is probably really hard to answer, but I love being mean. So just kidding. (laughs) (laughs) I love, I love pain. So torture me over here. Jeez. (laughs) Sorry. I know this is hard, but uh, what's your favorite track on this album? I know. God, you are killing me. You hate me. (laughs) Man. That is such a hard one. I think um, "Kiss Off," you know, like just add it up is is probably is probably my favorite. It was the one that spoke the most to me when I first heard it. There's just there's so many good songs. Um, yeah, I would say probably. Okay, add it up. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I know it's hard. I'm. I know. <laughs> Yeah, it's a tough one. They don't make albums like that anymore, you know? Like, it's all about the track. And, you know, back when we were young, it's like it was about the whole album experience. Like, you came home with that vinyl or the cassette or the CD, and you read the liner notes, and you sat there in your room going from song to song, reading the whole thing cover to cover. Um, You know, you don't do that so much these days, and that's I kind of miss that. Yeah, I uh yeah, and I didn't show this at the beginning part, but um they re-released this album a couple of years ago and it was vinyl re-release of the debut album. What? I didn't know that. <laughs> yeah, it was like a yeah, it was a special yeah, and um Sasha, frequent panelist Sasha, she purchased a copy of it and I went over to her house along with um somebody else who's not a panelist and we sat around listening to the album and talking and looking at that. And it was so reminiscent of, of doing that because it, it it was that kind of experience. So, um, so yeah, so I know exactly what you're talking about because it was like that. It was like re-experiencing the album and going kind of back in time. So yeah, it was really interesting, but yeah. Now I have some shopping to do for that vinyl copy i've always wanted uh, that record on vinyl so yeah it was like a special i can't remember what i'll have to look because that was a while ago but yeah and then for me uh it's very it's very hard to choose but the one i'm choosing (laughs) is promise and the reason there's a very big reason why i'm choosing promise that same person who Chris, who gave me this album, introduced me to this band. He said, and the song Promise, that is for you. And so that was dedicated to me. So take that as you want. There are some, there are parts of me that I'll look at the lyrics and I'm like, I don't know how to take this, but, (laughs) but you know, that, that's why it, I mean, but the whole album, 
like I said, pretty much, I could pretty much choose almost any song on the album as my favorite, but Promise, because of it being dedicated to me, as much as that might not necessarily be like the biggest, highest compliment you can get, necessarily, it depends. So that's what I'm choosing. So uh, they, of course, released tons of other albums. This wasn't their only album. This is the main one that people talk about and know them for. But do you have another favorite album from their discography? Not that I can think of. Um, I haven't dug a whole lot deeper into their newer stuff, I'll be honest. Um, I I wasn't one of those fans that was really concerned about the religious aspect or going to becoming Christian. It's just... Um, you know, it, none of it ever captured me quite as much as their earlier stuff. Some of the country tinge stuff was kind of fun, like country death song. And, you know, there's some fun stuff like that, but I wasn't as captivated. I'll just be honest as I was, you know, with the, with the earlier stuff. So. Well, it can be from their earlier stuff. I'm just talking about like, is there another album from their discography? It doesn't have to be like a recent album like just any other album. Probably added up, you know, the the compilation is probably my favorite. Just because it has kind of a, you know, most of their early stuff and then, you know, going further down the road. But yeah, that's probably my favorite. My other favorite is Why Do Birds Sing? I think that album is perfect as well. I think that album is a lot happier than than their self-titled one i will say it's a lot more upbeat it's a lot more folky but i i love it i think it's fantastic i think it's absolutely fantastic and i i love a lot of songs on there so yes yes so then do you have three favorite songs that are not from their debut album then i know you mentioned country death song which is a dark as hell song by the way Yes, it is. <laughs> I don't know why that that song abuses me. I don't know why. Um, it's the same here, but it's so dark. I know it is. It's so dark. And I think it's because, you know, Gordon has this like attitude thing. It, there's something about it that makes it ironic. I don't know if it's ironic. You know what I'm saying? Like, I don't know how to describe it, but it makes it humorous, even when it's so not humorous. <laughs> Well, that's from the debut album, but the one you mentioned, Promise. Yeah, that's probably another one I really like. Uh, give me uh, the give me um, the car. Um, why am I blanking on the name of that song? Is give it me the car? Yeah, thank you. I'm <laughs> um, sorry, I'm having you know. Elder, no, it's okay. Elder Gen or Gen X brain fart over here, but yeah, that's the it's one. Okay, I'm, my brain's barely working, so it's okay. Yeah. <laughs> So, yeah, that one's always a kind of a goofy, just weird kind of fun song. So, yeah. And for people who don't know what Country Death Song is about, this is a song about a person who kills his daughter and throws her in a well. And then he ends up taking his own life. And it's basically, you know, it's so dark. But there is something about it. I don't know what it is. That it all that it kind of amuses me too, and it's so sick that it does. But it's right? weird. I don't know what. I don't know why. I don't know so, why. Yeah, but it's, it just it's weird. 
it's hard to describe. So if you haven't listened to it, yeah. just go check it out. That's what we're saying. Yeah. Yeah. And, and there are a lot of songs on that album, Hollowed Ground, that are kind of dark. But then there are other ones that are very, 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 very Christian. So, you know, I mean, pretty much every song in there has that in there. Like, I think some a lot of the, it's inspired by that. But yeah, so. Well, for me, I tried to not just choose songs off of Why Do Birds Sing, but the first two are from Why Do Birds Sing. As much as I love American music, because I love that song, you know, I just, from the start of, um, you know, can I, can I put in, yeah, I mean, it's just, it's a, it's a beautiful, it's a fun song in concert. (laughs) I'm going to be singing it in my head all night. (laughs) (laughs) Um, But I, from that album, from Why Do Birds Sing, I choose Out the Window, which is like, a very upbeat song about not very upbeat things, <laughs> um, you know. <laughs> so, um, but I like it a lot. And then uh, also from Why Do Birds Sing, More Money Tonight. This was very hard for me to come up with these other three, by the way. This was very hard. Uh, I had the long list and I had to narrow, narrow it down. Um, but More Money Tonight to me is like this perfect F.U. song to people who treated you like you were strange. Cause that's what some of the lyrics say. You thought I was strange. We'll take a look at me now. And then the main chorus of it is going, um, you know, talking about how I'll make more money tonight than you've ever dreamed of. And then it says in there, you know, um, you know, if, if you, if I'm in town, you should come and see me if you've got the money. So it's like this total F you to all the people that teased you Treated you like crap, and now you're a success. So, haha! And if you can actually afford to come and see me, and I—that's I, why I love it. It's just a complete fu song. And for people who were weird, it's one of those like, yes, I would love to sing this to people if I was that successful kind of thing, you know. So, I chose that one, and then finally, I was going to choose "Country Death Song," but I decided instead another song from that album is Never Tell, which is another dark song from Hallowed Ground. So, yeah, that's a good one. But that was very hard for me, I have to say, because uh, I, uh, except for their really, really, like, really, really recent stuff, like, a lot of their, like, their, um, like, rock and freak magnet and stuff like that, I didn't listen to those as much, but I really loved like Hollowed Ground and The Blind Leading the Naked. Eh, okay. Um, three, I think Three is actually a good album, uh, which is actually their fourth album, but it's titled Three. Uh, and of course, <laughs> Whitey Birds Sing. And New Times is okay, but basically those first five, including their debut, I think are really, really good albums. And I really do like that. But once again, I totally understand why some people were turned off by the religious undertones to so many of the songs later on. Cause I think, I think what it was is I think some people felt betrayed in a way like Gordon, especially Gordon was going to the side of the people that were oppressing the people that loved the, um, debut album. I think that's why a lot of people felt that way. And I, totally get that. I totally understand that. So, yeah. 
This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. So I know you've seen him in concert, so I'm not going to ask you that. But what are your thoughts about seeing them live? So it's kind of funny. Um, and gosh, I, I should have mentioned American music because I... I was blinking. That's one of my favorites too. And also gone daddy gone. So <laughs> it like all these songs are coming back to my head now. Cause it's been a minute since I've pulled out a couple of those albums, seeing them live in concert. The first experience I had is kind of a funny story because I was one of those people who were, when I would love a band, I would get like obsessed and I would know every like little detail I could find out about who was in the band, but the Femmes were one of those bands that were just kind of mysterious to me. I'd never even seen pictures of them um, when I went to see them, you know, because it was like somebody handed me a recorded tape. And then I think I ended up getting it at a used music store. You know what I mean? So, and I, I don't remember seeing pictures of them actually on their debut album or anyway, I didn't even know what they looked like. So here I am, you know, just bopping around the Ogden theater which isn't a very huge, big venue. If you've never been there, it's a great venue in Denver, but saw a lot of great bands there over the years. Anyway, I'm, I'm sitting there and I was with my friend and, and she was behind me a ways. And this guy comes coming through this crowd and almost knocks me on my butt. Cause again, I'm like four eleven, so I'm short as heck. And, um, you know, he's like, Oh, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. And he like grabbed me so I wouldn't fall. And I was like, no problem, no problem. And then he like ended up going behind the stage. It was Gordon. He was just coming through the crowd. <laughs> Nobody really even recognized him. And he almost knocked me over. So that's my my funny femme story. But I watched him go back and I'm like, who is that dude? I'm like, oh my God, that's Gordon. So yeah, that was kind of entertaining. That I had no clue that it was him that almost knocked me over. <laughs> That's but their music was great live. Um, the crowd was a lot of fun. And I just, they're really one of those bands that come alive when they're live. You know, like their music just is, there's an energy um, when you see them live, or at least there was when I saw them live. I, I don't know. What, I haven't seen them recently. So um, I know we talked about <laughs> you going fairly recently and I was like, oh, you're going to go see the films. I wish I could go. But yeah, I haven't seen them live in a while. So it's been a number of years. But that show was a very memorable for me. Um, and then I went to a couple of other shows and I didn't get quite as close. I mean, I was right up on the stage, basically. So the first time I saw him, I was down in the pit. <laughs> yeah, I've seen like, I, I honestly, I was trying, I was trying so hard to really, truly know how many times I've seen him. And I don't know because this was a band that um, and I honestly don't know the first time I saw him. I know I was in high school, but I don't remember it. But they played a they would play a lot of the I'm gonna say the Colfax, um, the Colfax venues, because the ones that were on Colfax not I mean, I, I saw them also at Fiddler's Green and I know they've played Red Rocks and stuff, but not as like the main act. Uh whenever they play the big venues, they're usually not the main act. Uh because they 
they're still kind of underground in a lot in a way. So that's why they usually play the smaller venues. But like, as I've seen them at the Ogden, the Bluebird, I think Fox. I can't remember where else there. Somewhere in Boulder. The one in Boulder is a funny story because um, that was one that we were going to be able to meet the band after or like have signatures signed. And on the way there, got into a car accident. And when we were done with the whole car accident stuff, I was like, I still want to go. And we got there right when the concert ended. But we did get to go up and, and meet them very briefly. And it was like so brief. It was just autograph and that's it. And I don't know what happened to that autograph. I will say I think it got stolen in my box of stuff that got stolen. But I remember the first time like I was going to go see them and I remember someone telling me they are awful in concert. You are going to hate them in concert. Actually, I'd heard that from quite a few people. They're terrible. They aren't meant to be seen live. They're better when you're listening to them. I hardcore disagreed with that because I loved watching them in concert. I will say one band that that's not true for that I saw open for the Femmes, and I think it was at the Fox Theater, and the Femmes didn't even get on until like 10 p.m. or something like that. And Morphine was one of the bands open, and Morphine was snooze fest they were so boring i'm sorry oh my gosh that was one of the worst bands i've ever seen in concert oh man i mean them and them and ub40 Uh, oh my gosh it's just so boring um but i always enjoyed seeing the femmes um especially in the more intimate settings you know fiddlers at green i don't think is a very good venue anyway but i didn't I didn't like seeing them in the bigger venues for some reason. I thought the intimate stuff felt better. And they're one of those where it's fun to see with a crowd that really loves their music because the crowd, when they're singing, especially when like songs like, especially added up, I would say more than any other song, seeing that live and seeing more than anything, the audience saying the day after and singing the very beginning of it. It's like nothing else. It's like the best way to experience that song, in my opinion, is live like that. So yeah, but then I saw them, the last time I saw them was a couple of years ago with Sasha (laughs) and also Jen from, who was also the one who we were listening to the album with. And this was the first time they had ever seen the Femmes in concert. And this was the first time I had seen them in concert in, gosh, uh, like, Oh man, like quite a quite a while cuz this cuz even though I've seen them more than any other band um when they broke up I didn't really see them much like um you know after that of course cuz they'd broken up but I didn't really see them much at it, like after the mid 2000s but anyway and I, I but this was a big concert with like oh my god I'm never get everybody else there Oh my gosh, like all these punk bands and stuff. But I will, I want to (laughs) say, it was kind of disappointing. I hate saying that, but I didn't, it was kind of disappointing. It was the first time I'd ever seen them in concert where it was kind of ho-hum to me. And maybe it's because I had such a special place in my heart for seeing them in concert and I'd seen them so many times. And I felt 
kind of like bad for the people I was seeing them with that, that that was their first time. But an interesting thing happened. So there's a song that they have off of um, Hollowed Ground called Jesus Walking on the Water. And it's, I mean, hello, it's Jesus. <laughs> so, um, and they were singing it. And Gordon actually had them bring up the lights for the audience so he could see the audience because he said, he's like, I wanted to see how many of you out there would actually know this song and sing it since it is about Jesus. <laughs> so what? Oh no. <laughs> it was around that kind of thing. Yes. And he pretty much, that was all he said. He said, that's all I'm going to say, but yeah. I bet that was uh, interesting. So he he knows that people yeah, yes, so um yes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that I, I will say that probably also soured the whole experience just because of the way he said it was just kind of like, I'm gonna just see how many of you actually would be okay with it being about Jesus. Um <laughs> so <laughs> yeah. Oh wow. But I was very emotional seeing them that time because I hadn't seen them in, you know, over a decade. And, you know, they had meant so much to me. So it was very much a, you know, a crying, crying experience. Like, like it's very, I want to say, uh, and this is not the femmes, but it's about Depeche Mode. It's very, very heartbreaking to me that Depeche Mode is going to be here this month, my birthday month, and I'm not seeing them. That breaks my heart into a million little pieces. I can't even begin to say oh, it's so painful to me that fair. I can't see them. That's not fair. We need to get her a ticket. Everybody. It's not fair. Let's hook her up. Get her a <laughs> ticket, you guys. It's Aaron's birthday month. Come on now. Who's got a spare ticket for, yes, for our lovely host? Yes. <laughs> I know. It makes me so sad. <laughs> like, so I'm sad. Anyway, sorry. Oh, it makes me. Except for me too. I would love to go see Depeche Mode again. I love Depeche. That's another band that we have in common. I absolutely love Depeche. So, yeah, they're they're fantastic in concert. There's uh, there's nothing quite like watching Dave gone on stage. Um, there's just something very special about that man on stage. Absolutely, he was born to be up there. But anyway, I know we're not talking about them. Sorry, but uh, <laughs> but it just breaks my heart. But anyway, even though it wasn't the best time seeing them in concert, there was something, there was this emotional moment of it. And it felt, it was the first concert, you know, where, you know, we, you know, we had to show, of course, that we were vaccinated and everything like that. And it was just a very special experience. I just wish it had been a little bit better. I think the other bands were really fantastic, but it was just kind of like, and that whole Jesus thing. It's just <laughs> I would be really, all joking aside, I would be really curious to know, like, what led him to go from Kiss Off and Add It Up and, you know, Blister in the Sun and all that to this religious conversion. Like, I would be really curious, you know, like, where he's coming from. That would be interesting to know. And and not, I don't mean it in a facetious way. I, I would just be naturally no, curious. Because I think he's an interesting person, you know, he's led an interesting life. And um, obviously, you know, when you look at the lyrics um, of some of their music that he wrote. So I, I would just be kind of curious to know. And I think he's 
talked about it if I, if I'm remembering correctly, but now now I'm not um, now I'm not remembering it exactly. Sorry, remember I have I still have a jet lag brain, but um, but I know I think it was I think it kind of like it saved him from whatever he was doing at the time. It was one of those things where it saved him. And I and I don't at all want to put that down at all because I do think, you know, and not all people that are religious are horrible people. I want to say that too because I think it depends on how you're using that. But I think for a lot of people, that's what they struggle with the most with this band. And I know I've mentioned this quite a few times during this episode, but it's just something that I always heard from people is very much this struggle of, you know, a lot of what people in our generation and when people with a lot of people that were goth or punks or alternative or people that didn't fit into the quote unquote mainstream some of that was came from religion. Some of that came from the fact that they had so many bad experiences with religion and with that being shoved down their throat or with people that were religious judging them and especially goth, goths and punks and stuff and judging them and saying they were Satanists or they were going to hell or that kind of stuff because of the way they dressed or because of the music they listened to. And so once again, I think when you have someone who is such a huge, when you have a band and, and a singer and a songwriter who is such a big voice of your angst and your own feeling of that, to have them turn against you is how it feels, I think. I think that that's the same way a lot of people feel about Alice Cooper, who recently also said some very transphobic horrible things he's he's not a good person okay he's he's not any but i think for a lot of people because of that he's transphobic and i no, that's not okay but i think for a lot of people that were like you know metalheads and then also felt like outsiders alice cooper was such a pivotal pivotal thing and such an icon for them and so i know when he became born again, which I don't know if you knew that about him. Yeah, I'd heard that recently. Yeah, it was very, uh, yeah, it was very, um, when that happened not too long ago, people were just so heartbroken because this was someone who represented so many people who felt like outcasts. And then for him to be shunning people and to be transphobic yeah. and to say that stuff. And then also the the born again stuff was very hard for people because he was such a face of the outcasts. And so I think that's the same thing with the, the femmes is what I'm trying to say. But it happens yeah. with some of the people that, that we love. And that's why, you know, it, it hurts. But it's that whole art artist, separate the art from the artist Sometimes you can, sometimes you can't. Sometimes is it good to do or not to do, depending on if they're making money, blah, blah, blah. But, um, which I'm not saying necessarily, I'm, I'm not saying at all necessarily that stuff about the, the femmes, but I'm just saying with the whole religious part of it, I think that was very, it was seen as the same kind of thing as like when Alice Cooper became born again and then his transphobic remarks. And, uh, but lastly, what I want to know, and this is on a, a positive note, um, 
is I want to know what lasting impact has uh, Violent Femmes had on you? Yeah, I mean, I think we share that in common that just the, they got us through a very difficult time in our lives. You know, I will always be grateful for their music and, and what it represented to me during a very dark time, you know, and um, how it, it kind of let me tap into that angst to keep me fighting and keep me going you know, screaming kiss off at the top of my lungs or add it up or any of those songs um, were, was really therapeutic in a way um, and did more for me than, you know, just talking to somebody about it. You know, music has always been therapy to me. So I, it always will be, you know, it's always spoken for me when I didn't have a voice or I felt like I didn't have a voice. So yeah, that album, um, their first album, the added up compilation, and, and even some of their later songs, too, will always have deep meaning for me. So I'll always be grateful for that, you know, regardless of <laughs> their religion, political views or whatever. <laughs> um, so, yeah, I, I it's it's going to be it's it's probably going to stay in my top 10 albums that influenced me. I would I would definitely say that, you know it's always going to be up there. So yeah, great memories. Um, you know, some painful, some not so great, but yeah, it's always going to be great <laughs> memories. And that silly little story from seeing them at the Ogden is always make, makes me chuckle because it's, it's funny, you know, it's just my stupid that. self, not even knowing who he was. <laughs> I love that though. I love that. <laughs> yeah. It's fun. I think that's awesome. Yeah. Well, like I said, this, band was introduced to me in um during one of the hardest times of my life and a a moment in my life that changed the trajectory of my whole being and who I was and i think and i'm not exaggerating here because i think music can do this anyway and i know i spoke a lot about this when we talked about Depeche Mode last year too um but I truly believe that their debut album, especially, but um, I believe that they helped save my life. And I don't know if I could have gotten through and I didn't get through unscathed, but I don't think I could have survived that time in my life or high school in general without their music. And, you know, they played a big part in um, in my life and my relationships with with guys in, in high school, not just the Chris guy, but, but somebody else after that, too, who was the person who later made me become a Depeche Mode fan again, uh, which I shared that on our Depeche Mode episode. But um, so they also represented that, like a lot of emotional turmoil and emotional angst and love also represented love big time for me. And also just, just a big, I had a lot of trauma in my life, like a lot of trauma. And I think the femmes helped me survive that trauma or a part of one of those traumas. So yeah, music is what can help us with that. And I think what I'm trying to do during my birthday months is 
talking about music or movies or characters or things that have helped me survive or mean a lot to me in a very deep, deep, deep level. And um, we're going to continue that next week when we talk about the next band we're going to talk about, which on the surface, people may think wouldn't have a huge impact, but um, I highly disagree. <laughs> so, uh, and that, that was an impact a few, a couple, a few years later after the time. So, and it's a band I've never seen in concert. So uh, anyway, <laughs> I don't know if Danelle has, but that's New Order. And I don't know if Danelle's seen them in concert. I haven't, unfortunately, no. <sighs> yeah, I know. So um, anyway, but thank you so much, Danelle, for joining me for this walk down memory lane. I really, really appreciate it. I also really... Um, I really encourage everyone to go back and listen to Danelle and I talking about Trent Reznor earlier this year, because it's also, it's incredible to me that I did not put that in my birthday month, but I just didn't for some reason. But that is another person whose music has also very been very impactful for both of us. So I do encourage people yes. to go back and listen to that. If you have not listened to that episode already, I'm very proud of that episode. So please go back and listen to that. So thank you again, Danelle. So if you want to tell everybody where they can find you. Yeah, thank you for having me. Um, it was a pleasure to come on and talk about the films. I love that band. So yay. You can find me on Insta, um, also um, TikTok under Draven Pearl. Um, so yeah, that's where I hang out mostly on, on the webs. <laughs> so that's where you can find me. <laughs> the World Wide Webs. Yes. I don't know if anybody ever says that anymore. But God, <laughs> I'm one of those now. <laughs> hey, it's the same. We had the dial-up tone, okay, people? <laughs> um, and if someone picked up the phone. And <laughs> I need to use the phone. Get off the internet. <laughs> it was a different time, people. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> Um, well, this is Aaron, and remember, you want to follow Fergie. I don't know if Fergie is a Violent Femmes fan. Um, <laughs> I know she's heard me singing it before and seen me dancing to it before, but she always looks at me like, will you please shut up whenever I'm singing and dancing? So, <laughs> so I don't know what that tells you. Although I did, um, last time I did karaoke, I did sing um, Add It Up one of the last times I did. So, you know, so there, Fergie. I don't know what that has to do with Fergie, but anyway. But you want to follow her on TikTok, though, because she's amusing. She's funny. She's a clown. And you want to follow her at Schroeder and Fergs. That's S-C-H-R-O-E-D-E-R-A-N-D-F-E-R-G-S. Yes, I know it is long, but it is worth it. Be sure to like the show on Facebook at facebook.com slash it's a fandom thing pod on Twitter at fandom thing pod. No, it's in that one on Instagram at it's a fandom thing pod on TikTok at it's a fandom thing pod. If you have any feedback show notes, if you'd like to be a potential interview guest on the show, Hey, Depeche mode, since you're going to be here, <laughs> if you want to come on the show and make my whole entire year, kick over here. <laughs> Oh my gosh, if if I could interview if I could interview 
you if I could interview Dave and Martin, I, oh my gosh, I think I'd cry the whole interview. But no, I would I would be very professional. I can be very professional. Yes, you can be. But please reach out to me um, since you're going to be here this month. So I, oh my gosh, what a dream. Uh, so <laughs> so if you want to be on the show, head to our website potentially head to our website. It's a fandomthingpod.com. Click the contact us button there. That'll shoot me an email and I'll get back to you as soon as I can. And while you're there, consider becoming a Patreon supporter today for as little as three bucks a month. You get great bonus content, ad free episodes. So if you want to stick it to those advertisers, to capitalism, if you are like Brian Ritchie and you're like, oh my gosh, I cannot believe Aaron sold out and has wind. I don't know if Wendy's has ever advertised on the show, but has had Wendy's do this. I can't believe that she did that. If you want to, <laughs> now is losing it. But if you want to do that, become, consider becoming a Patreon supporter. And you know, I am going to have a bonus episode soon uh, with some independent movie. It won't be something that had been struck because that was what was voted on. Because you get to vote on some of the bonus episodes, and it was between me talking track by track about an album I loved or covering an indie film. And the indie film won. I haven't chosen it yet because I've been away, but I will choose that soon. I'm thinking of a couple of things, but they will be very independent. But we did release one. Carla and I talked about the independent movie, The Invitation. Once again, this is the cult movie, not the vampire movie. But you can listen to us talk about that movie that is extremely independent, okay? No AMPTP involvement, and they wanted that because then the director and the writer got to have complete creative control over the movie. So, yes. So click the Support Us tab on our website or the link in our show notes to become a Patreon supporter today. And one of the best ways you can support us and indie, any indie podcast out there is rate us five stars on iTunes and Spotify and share, 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 share. That is the best way to get it out there. It's very hard for podcasts right now, I want to say. So if you can help us and share, that will mean the world to me. And thank you to all those that do. And thank you to all those who watch our Instagram stories. I see you and I love you. And I know I've said it before, but I'm saying it again because it makes me very happy, especially when I see so many other beautiful creators and artists and actors and writers watching my stories. I can't even begin to tell you what it means to me, but it means a lot. So, so hopefully you continue to enjoy those. So thank you so much. And next week, Danelle will be back with me to talk about the band New Order and a little trivia I'm going to leave you with. You did not know this. New Order um, used to be Joy Division. They were originally Joy Division. There is a great, fantastic movie. begins with a C. I believe it's really independent, but I won't say it just in case. That's all about Joy Division and all about... Um, why the hell is his name escaping me? Ian, um, who... Uh, trigger warning, he, he killed himself. And that's when they became New Order. And I love Joy Division, but New Order means a little bit more to me. But there is a great, fantastic, one of the best biopics I've ever seen. Um, begins with a C, and it is from 2007, stars Sam Riley, Ian Curtis, who was the lead singer of Joy Division. 
And it's a great, fantastic movie. I'm not going to name it because I don't, I believe it's very independent. It's actually from the UK. So I think it'd be okay anyway, but just to be on the safe side, but I highly recommend that. So I'm not necessarily giving you homework, but even though it's not New Order, it's New Order adjacent, I'm going to say if you want any kind of homework, (laughs) go watch that movie (laughs) or just go study up on New Order Uh, and listen to some of their tracks that you don't hear all the time. Like I love Bizarre Love Triangle, don't get me wrong. I love Blue Monday, don't get me wrong. But there are some great tracks that are hidden, so go listen to those too. <laughs> and I'm I'm looking forward to this because I think it's in the same realm, but I think they're a little bit different. So yeah. So until next time, remember it's a fandom thing. Black Lives Matter and stop Asian hate. Our kids have said to us since we've moved to Minnesota, we are far more active than we've ever been anywhere else we've ever lived. Moving to Minnesota opened up a lot of doors for us. Just this overall sense of community, the values that, you know, Minnesotans have. It's a real accepting, loving community, especially with two young kids. See what makes Minnesota the star of the North. New residents share why they love calling it home at exploreminnesota.com slash live. Hey, podcast listener, do you love talking about movies, music, TV, comics, and games? Then you should be listening to The Great Pop Culture Debate, back in bigger than ever for season nine. This season, the panelists discuss the best James Bond film, the best Elton John single, the best Nickelodeon original series, the best Batman villain, and so much more. Find the show wherever you listen to podcasts or head to greatpopculturedebate.com. More than 100 topics are already available. Subscribe today.